called. Oh yeah, faith connections. <laughs> and it's one of the things that we need in our life to connect our faith. Sometimes we try to go out here and we try to have faith and we try to do these things, but it just doesn't seem to connect. And we get frustrated. Well, some of it is why is this series that we're going to uh, talk about. Last week we talked about transitional thinking and changing up the way we think and our mindsets and, and things like that. Well, this week's not going to be any different. Guess what we're going to talk about? Your thinking, your mindsets. And if we want to live a life of success, then we're going to have to start with our thoughts. Because, folks, our thinking shapes our beliefs. Our beliefs will shape our words, and our words will shape our destiny. And that's, we'll look at probably all of those over the next couple of weeks. But <clears throat> we have to remember that our thinking affects our beliefs. What you think on, what you focus on most, you'll eventually come to believe. Then I worked in a place one time with a young girl who was a, uh, a manager actually or supervisor or something, big company. Uh, if you've ever called TD Jakes, it was probably us that answered the phone. Yeah, I guarantee it was us that answered the phone. If you called Creflo, it was us that answered the phone. If you called Joyce Meyer, it was us that answered the phone. See, all these ministries use one big company. Uh, but we worked with a girl who all of a sudden she started showing she was pregnant. And her bellies grew and everything. But when it came down to it, Pastor Ted, there was no baby there. But she had convinced herself that she was pregnant. And by thinking on this so long, her body actually began to develop and show signs of pregnancy. Now, you, before you think, well, you're crazy, that doesn't happen, look it up. It does happen. Um, but why, why? Because what her thought life was, what she focused on affected her outside body and internal things even. What you focus on, your thought life is going to affect everything about you. Look at the word think for a moment. The word think means to have your mind occupied on some subject, to muse, to meditate. And before you say, oh, meditation, it's in the Bible. All right, don't be afraid of the word meditate. It's a scriptural word. Uh, and it's good. Go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So our thought life is so important that it affects our beliefs and it'll affect what we believe will affect. You want to really know what somebody believes? Sit around, just be quiet and listen to them talk. Doesn't matter how much faith talk they say, Rachel. They can talk faith and talk faith and talk faith. But when they're quiet and nobody else is, we're not trying to look spiritual in front of everybody. Then our Thought, our, our, our beliefs will eventually come out of our mouth. We're not going to look at the scripture today, I don't think, but the word does tell us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is inside of us will eventually come out of our mouth. And no matter how long it waits, we can put on a good facade for a long time, Emily, but eventually we will declare by our own mouth what we really believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 40, 45, verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare 
are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. Man, we quote this all the time, and we got this idea of spiritual battle in our heads. We put on the full armor of God, and we're ready to fight against the devil because we know we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting our weapons of our warfare, are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But what are these strongholds? Well, I've got this demon in my life and I got this thing I'm fighting and all these things are huge strongholds. Those aren't the strongholds he's talking about here. He's not talking about those. Look at verse uh, five. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. These are the strongholds in my life. It's the thoughts that I have and the weapons that God's given me are to control. Folks, most of the time what we blame on the devil originated right here. <laughs> and when it originated right here, I thought about it long enough, so then I started to believe it. And then I started to talk it. And out of the abundance of my mouth, I start to create a destiny for me. And I start to create a pattern over my life. How did God create the world? And God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was. And then he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, didn't he? Said, and then he breathed into man, and, and, and the King James Version says, and man became a living soul. The Targum Inoculus, which is older than that, it's one of the first translations of the Torah. It says, and God breathed into man and it became to him a speaking spirit. That's what God created. He created just like him. He created speaking spirits. He created those who have the ability to create destiny by the words that come out of their mouth. And our problem is we don't control the words that come out of our mouth because we don't control the thoughts in our head because what I think on is what I believe and what I believe I'll speak and what I speak I create he said casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ so what are the strongholds my own thought life Y'all ready? The biggest enemy in my life is not the devil. He's defeated, Brenda. Jesus took care of him. He crushed his head. The biggest enemy in my life is my own stinking thinking and my own words that I, that I begin to talk about. And we sit back with all these words and we sit back with all this stuff and we wonder, well, why is my life going so bad? Because we go around saying crazy stuff. Well, if it's going to bad, it happens going to anybody, it's going to happen to me. That's just my luck. That's just my arthritis acting up. You know what you did right there? You made it a pet. We were talking about this morning crazy stuff before praise and worship you should hear the conversations that Bob Perry and Dave and, and, and I have we were talking about cows and pigs and 
all this stuff. And Dave said, well, they tell you, you should never name, or might have been Bob, said, you should never name what you plan to eat. You don't get too attached to it. But we do that all the time. We don't, we don't, we, we, we have a little ache or a pain. Well, that's just my sciatica. See, you just took ownership of that. You just declared that over yourself. Well, why won't it just go away? Because I keep calling it home. I keep bringing it back to myself. Why? Because my thinking, well, hey, I'll tell you, it, it amazes me what charismatic thinking people will do. I was in a service one time with someone and they called out exactly what was dealing with that person. Exactly. I looked around and they were gone. Well, where'd they go? And we, I asked them, Where, where'd you go? Well, I didn't want to go up there and get prayed for. I'd lose my check. Come on, folks. Our problem is we think on these things. We name them. It's my this, it's my that. You are part of a new breed. You are part of a royal priesthood. You are part of a chosen generation. You were pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of God's son. You should operate like God and not like man. And God spoke. You imagine, the, uh, uh, oh, I didn't mean to get into this, but you'll hear it again in a few weeks. Can you imagine what it was like to step out on nothing and said, watch this. And there was a universe of stars. And step out into nothing and said, let there be. And there was. And then he said, I'm gonna make some that are just like me. And I'm gonna give them the world. I'm gonna give them the earth and it's gonna be their voice that speaks a destiny into the land. Folks. <laughs> but we don't control our thoughts. Our thoughts race. We lay down at night and can't sleep because we're terrified of what the morning might bring. And when the morning comes, we hold our head up over our, the covers up over our head and just peek out, just wondering what today is going to slap me in the face today. What is it that's going to get me? Rather than putting both feet on the ground, standing up and say, I am in the likeness and the image of God. I was created. I was put here to rule and to reign. And now I am going to step out. But God, I have to get my thinking straight first. I can't keep thinking. And so God, Corinthians tells us is to take every thought and bring it into obedience of what the word says. That's the obedience of Christ. Go to uh, 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 same, same chapter, but I'm gonna read this out of the uh, Wymouth translation. For we overthrow arrogant reckonings Every stronghold that towers high in defiance of the knowledge of God. What is a thought that would tower high in the knowledge of God? I'm not worthy. 
But the word says that I've been adopted and grafted in, that I have been translated into a new kingdom. How can I, how can I continue to declare over myself I'm not worthy? My thought's wrong. Yeah, but you don't know where I've been, you don't know what I did, and you don't know who I did it with. Neither does God. Because the moment you came to him and said, hey, I need you, he said, hey, okay. And the word says that he took our sin and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness and remembers them no more. He doesn't even remember what you were. He doesn't remember where you were or what you did because he chooses not to. And what God chooses, he can perform. But I love what it says here. So that's one arrogant thought that we have. Like somehow I can declare myself unworthy. And so what do I do? I walk around unworthy. And I walk around like I don't count, like I don't matter. And it's my thoughts that's causing me to believe these things. Every high in defiance of the knowledge of God. And we carry off every thought into slavery. Our thought life must come under subjection to the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter two says, let this mind, I think it's right around verse five, says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying, you need to get the same mind inside of you that Jesus had inside of him. You need to think of yourself the same way Jesus thought of himself. Well, now wait a minute. Let this mind be in you, which is also, back me up, is that verse five? Somebody look it up. Philippians chapter two. Oh, it is verse five, imagine that. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I think verse six starts out, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Wait a minute, God wants me to think how? Well, you can't think of yourself equal with God. Then why did he bend down in a garden, blow into a a pile of clay and say, I'm gonna make it just like me. I'm gonna make it after my image, after my likeness, representing my nature. I'm going to make it just like me. And Jesus, and Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Listen, man was always supposed to control. Oh, but our thought life has to come into submission. Our thought life is the biggest stronghold we'll face. Go to Isaiah 26. I'm telling you what, I wouldn't be anyplace else today. With what God's doing. Are they okay back there? Okay. Some of those kids just look at me like, man, I don't know you. (laughs) Give me Sydney, give me Katie, give me somebody. You're scary. (laughs) Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him at perfect peace. All who trust in you. Now look what he says. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. You know why we have so much chaos in our minds? 
Because our thoughts are off. You know why there's so much chaos in our life? Our thoughts are off. And when our thoughts get off, our beliefs get off. And when our belief gets off, our mouth starts running away. And when our mouth runs away, we create a world around ourselves. But if I'll fix my mind and my thoughts on God, he says, then perfect peace reigns in my life. But I have to get that. Now, I want to read that to you again out of the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Never thought you'd get a Jewish Bible reading today, did you? He said, thou wilt keep him in shalom, shalom. Hey, Bob, what's shalom mean? What else? Give me that. Nothing missing. Somebody else said it back here. Nothing broken. And I will put him in shalom, shalom. I will put him in peace where there is nothing missing, nothing broken. But how am I going to get there when he is the focus of my mind and not everything that's going on around me? Not the hell that I'm walking through. He has to be what my mind is fixed on. He has to be what my thought life is contained. And when it is, I am set in shalom, shalom. I will keep him in shalom, shalom, whose yetzer mindset is stayed on thee. So the Orthodox Jewish Bible says your mindset has to be stayed on God. Your mindset has to be fixed on him because he trusts in you. I've said it 50 times already. Let's say it one more time. Your thoughts become your beliefs. Your beliefs become your speech. And your speech becomes your life. Look at the word believe. Believe means to hold a firm persuasion of anything. You are being firmly persuaded. Well, I use people... I don't believe this about myself. I'll just say it right now, Kevin. People say, well, you're cocky. I'm not cocky. I'm convinced. <laughs> I don't have nothing to be cocky about. God did, God did this. If I didn't do this. <laughs> you got to have a firm persuasion on anything. When you grasp that, when, you become a, when it becomes your belief, it becomes your reality. And there's no cockiness. There's no overconfidence in it. You just have to be convinced. The problem is we're convinced of everything bad. Because we say those dumb things. Well, if anything's going to be wrong. Well, I'm just like my mama. I'm just like my daddy. I'm just like uh, they, had, they had X, Y, and Z. I guess I got to put up with X, Y, and Z too. Well, here you go. FedEx showed up. You signed for it. It's yours now. <laughs> Why? Because it's become such, we've said the negative for so long, it's become what we actually believe. Let me tell you, if this is you, you may find it hard to break negative thinking. But you can do it. I'm a little rude sometimes. Rose, I am. What happens is, I come over here beside Tabitha, and she starts just 
nah, this, this is wrong, 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 this is wrong. I have a real bad habit, and Dee has to correct me sometimes, she'll poke me, because I will completely phase out, Perry. And I, I don't even hear Tabitha anymore. And then eventually, she's still talking, and I'm going, Why? I don't want that on me. Folks, let me tell you, your mindset is contagious. Anybody ever walked into work, happy, chipper, everything's going great. And you get to work and Tina is the most negative thing you've ever seen. She don't like Walmart. She don't like her managers. She don't like her other associates. And next thing you know, the whole break room is mad. And everybody went out to the floor mad. And I come in the door smiling, saying, hey, how you doing? Here. <laughs> Remember, they used to put smiley faces on Walmart bags. Not anymore. There ain't nothing smiling in Walmart anymore. When are we going to take a hold of our thoughts? and decide I'm not going to be this negative thing that I'm allowing myself to become. I'm going to stop. Well, it's hard. Yes, it is. But your beliefs are your faith. And our problem is that so many of us have a belief system or a faith in things that are totally either unfounded or unscriptural. And we wonder, why is it going wrong in my life? Because every time you sit down to talk about something, and you look over going, where'd Pastor go? <laughs> He's hiding somewhere. Go to Romans chapter uh, 10. Romans chapter 10. Hey, listen, I have a pastor friend in West Virginia. I don't know if I've ever seen the man have a bad day. I really don't. You call his house, answer the phone. His first re response to anything, if he's meeting you for the first time, is, well, praise the Lord. Well, somebody's dying. Well, praise the Lord. He re I've never seen him. Am I lying, sis? I've never seen the guy down. That's his response to everything. And I'm like, I got to be that way. And I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you where? Salvation is even controlled by your mouth. <laughs> Come on. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. See, those two things have to connect. That is the word of faith which we preach, verse 9. It, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, see, there's that connection. And believe in your heart that God has raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. So the, the hardest thing about this whole salvation message is my mouth and my heart. What am I believing I tell you what I'm believing, I'm believing what I think on most. And what I think on most sits down in my heart. And what sits down in my heart eventually comes out of my mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
So what's in your heart? Well, I can tell you what's in your heart. It's the things that's in your head. Uh, verse, uh, and even salvation relies on this connection. Even verse uh, 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Hmm. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We cannot receive anything from God unless our thinking, our believing, and our confessing are in line. Unless our thinking, our believing, and our confessing are in line. Now, I, I alluded and did a little bit of this story uh, last week. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. I want to show you this again out of Scripture, not just me telling you about it. Verse 1. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Send men that they may explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. There's the promise. What does God say? I am giving. In other words, it's a done deal. This is what I have in store for them. I am giving. Of every tribe of their fathers, you will send a man. Each one a chief among them. Jumped all the way down to verse 26. And when they returned, they came to Moses and, and to Aaron and to all the assembly of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word to them of the entire assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And they reported and said, we came to the land you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. And this is the fruit of it. Now look what happens here. There's more than one. The words that are getting ready to be spoken will affect an entire generation of people. Us as parents and grandparents need to get our thinking straight because as our thinking goes, so goes our believing. And as our believing goes, so goes our mouth. And as our mouth goes, so goes a generation. They brought word. However, the people are strong that dwell in the land. What does that have to do anything with the promise God gave them? He gave them a promise. I am giving you the land. But the people, they're big and they're strong. And the cities are fortified. Again, these are thoughts that needed to be taken captive. This is why we have the old covenant so you can see what the new is explaining. He says, the people are there and they're huge. What's that got to do with the promise of God? But the cities are fortified. What does that got to do with the promise of God? The promise, see, they needed to take captivity of those thoughts. Because see, in my life, when God starts telling me, I'm gonna do this for you, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. What that is, that is a, a, an imagination that is raising itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God was I'm giving you the land. Everything else was coming against the knowledge of God. That's where we, we need to get our thought life down. That's where our thoughts need to be in control. <sighs> and we saw their children of Anak, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev, 
and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the edge of Jordan. So what? Listen, you want to be neither? You can always find, we live in a great time of history. You can always find something to be negative about. <laughs> but what is it doing for you? What is it producing in your life? It's producing words that are destroying us. It's producing a mindset that is contrary to a mindset that's fixed on Christ. And Caleb silenced the people. Mm. I wish somebody would shut me up sometimes. Caleb silenced the people before Moses. Don't get any ideas, Jody. And said, let us go at once. Now here's a mindset. Their mindset was, it doesn't matter what God promised, the people's big and the cities are huge. But Caleb says, let's go up at once and possess it for we are able to overcome it. You know what that is? That's the Old Testament version of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter what face must, it doesn't matter what it looks like, I can do it. At my time, I might fail once, I might fail twice, but the time is coming because I have grabbed hold of the promise of God and I am holding on. We are well able to overcome. But the men that went up said, we are not able. This is a battle of words. This is a battle of destinies. And we find it in their words. Caleb says, man, we're well able to take it. And then they come up and said, we're not able. There's giants. The Nephilim are there. But the, wise, but the men that went up and said, we are not able to overcome against the people because they are stronger than we. How did they know? And what did that have to do with the promise? The promise is I'm giving you the land. What does any thought other than that have to do with anything? Man, some of our minds are filled with too much stuff. Now, ladies, this is harder for you than it is for us. It's proven men have a place in their brain they can go where they're really not thinking about anything. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Nothing. D drives me crazy. You have to think of something. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but the TV was on. Couldn't tell you what they said. I don't know. <laughs> but man, if we can take our thoughts and get them in control, and when our thoughts are so in control that they're controlling the words, we are conscious of the words that come out of our mouth. Now, I'm not telling you to be the word police to people because that's annoying. That's annoying. Don't say that. It's annoying, ain't it, sis? She lives with it. Not him, me. She used to live with it. <laughs> But imagine what would happen in our lives if we, when, when negativity, fear, doubt, depression, 
come in if we would grab it right immediately and said, you don't hold a light to what the promise of God says about me. And I literally throw you down like Satan out of heaven. Verse 32. See, and the children of Israel gave a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land which we have gone in as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Except we brought back these big old giant basketball sized grapes. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. You ever had milk and honey? Do yourself a favor, go home, pour a glass of milk, put some honey in it. Mm. It's like caramel, Karen. I know it's a land flows with milk and honey, but it eats its inhabitants alive. Come on, they're two different reports out of their own mouth. Look how good it was. Look how, but it's not, it'll eat you alive. He said, it devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw there were men of great stature, all of them. Come on, all of them, every one were men of great stature. I never exaggerate about stuff like that. Not in my life, I never exaggerate. It's so bad. (laughs) And we saw giants there, the sons of Anak, which came from giants. Now here's the key, look at this. And in our eyes, we were like grasshoppers. And so we were in their eyes. In my own mindset, I didn't measure up. So I know the enemy saw me that way. Listen, last time I checked, spies didn't go in and go, hey, we're here to take your land. They don't know what they thought, what the people of that land thought about them. <laughs> That's true. But listen, we... We, we see this story and what happens, there are 40 years, everyone above a certain age, an entire generation does not see the promised land because they believe the words that someone else spoke over them. What have I messed up in my life believing the words that someone else spoke over me. I've let them speak these words over me and I've let it settle in. And it became something I thought on and focused on. And then it became a belief system. And then it became a conversation. And if I'm not careful, I pass it on to my family and my kids. And if they're not careful, they'll pass it on. And the only people who can stop this is me. A whole generation lost. Mark chapter six. I got just a few more set of scriptures here and we're gonna go. Mark chapter six, verse one. Your beliefs are found out by your confession is what I told you. Mark chapter six. And he went away, or, or where? He went away from there 
and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get this? And what is this wisdom that he's given him? That is given him. And even miracles that are done by his hand. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense. What did they do? They began to speak of their familiarity with Christ and not in honor of who he was. And because they were so familiar with him, they refused to accept. And so they began to speak out what is going to change the work of God in an entire city. These words are going to change the work of God in an entire city. His sisters are here with us. We know he's brothers. We know he's daddy. We know he's mama. Who does he think he is? Go, Bobby. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. Verse 5, and he could do no mighty miracles there. That confession of familiarity, that negative confession stopped a movement of God in an entire city. He could do no mighty miracles there except he laid his hands on a few sick folk and he healed them. Now look what he says in verse six. And he was amazed because of their unbelief. Changed the whole city. Listen, Harvest, what if we get our mindset right? What if we get our belief system right? What if we get our mouth working the right way? Do you know it's not, it's not, it's intentional? I was driving from here one day home and I drove by and saw all these empty buildings. And the Lord says, everybody has forgotten about her, but I see her as a bride. So for a while, I don't do it as much as I used to do. For a while, Dee and I would drive around on these empty parking lots and declare businesses and declare corporations and declare finances. <laughs> and then we just, and then I started to bring it into church where we prayed for businesses, corporations, finances, jobs. And we see what happens. You say, you're the only reason it happens? No, I'm just saying I'm agreeing with God on what God's doing. <laughs> He's just looking for people who will work with him. And I just refuse to speak bad about her. She's a beautiful bride, ready. The cure for unbelief is to study God's word. I know it gets silent now. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't understand it. 
Come to me, we'll find a, we'll find a version that works for you. <laughs> Come on. Romans chapter 10. The cure for my unbelief is to study God's word. By studying the word and by thinking on it, I can strengthen my faith by changing what I believe and what I believe will eventually be what I confess. Romans chapter 10, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, who has, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how does faith come? Hearing the word. Mornings just like this. Wednesdays just like this. Listen, we make it easy for you. <laughs> it comes from the word. It's, it's mornings when you sit down and you take that word in your hand whether it's on your tablet, I don't care, whether it's in paper, whether, whatever it is, and you put that word in you, it can cure unbelief. I, I, I don't believe that. Well, then you can't really believe God for anything then. If you, ha if you can't believe this one, you can't believe any of it. So then faith comes by hearing. So challenge your belief system. Grab the word of God. Last one, you ready? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So what am I supposed to think on? Things that are worthy, things that are praise, things that are lovely, things that are honest, things that are true. Well, I, how can I find all these? The word. And when I'm in that word, it changes my life. And when I think on him, I find peace. Shalom, shalom. When my mindset is right. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, Lord, let me not forget. Let me not forget that you have given me a destiny and it is mine to create. Mm. Let me remember to change my thoughts, to grab the negative, to grab the wrong thoughts that, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. As I change my mindset to yours, as I begin to think just like you <laughs> and take authority over all the rest. In Jesus' name, amen.